Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Shelley Raffinelli who is featured in Wine Country Women Heritage Families. And Shelly is fourth generation of A. Raffinelli Winery and Vineyards. She is also the head winemaker. She's fourth generation grower. She is a phenomenal woman, and she is with me today. Well, thank you, Michelle, for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure. <laughs> hey, it is too much fun to be here with you today. You're yeah. a, a pretty much of a dynamo. I like to say you've got to uh, enjoy what you do, and I love winemaking, and it's it's just a great passion. So you've got to have that energy and drives you. Well, your family is very, very rich in history here in Sonoma County. Let's talk about that briefly before we dive into your career. Uh, you worked alongside your father for a while, but this all started in the 1900s with Alberto and I'm afraid to say his wife's name. Leticia. Yes. Leticia Tonetti. The Italian immigrants who I find surprising were not only growers, but they also made wine too. Yes. So actually, it's my great-grandmother, Leticia, who knew how to make wine and grow grapes. And she's the one who brought the knowledge and actually taught my great-grandfather. He was a carpenter by trade. So they didn't travel together from Italy. They didn't know each other. They came over separately and met up in San Francisco, got married. And really, it was my great-grandmother who discovered Dry Creek Valley, like so many other Italian immigrants at the time, uh, we believe it kind of reminded them of home. Uh, you know, Northern Sonoma County is very reminiscent of Northern Italy. Yes. And she basically started making wine with grapes she was buying in Hillsburg. She found some property and convinced my, my great-grandfather, Alberto, to, to move here. And we've been here ever since. So we really kind of owe it to her. She was the one who planted the first vines on their property and made wine and really uh she was only like five foot oh my goodness she was yeah quite a a, a dynamo herself well yeah a little powerhouse yes <laughs> <laughs> so this wine brand and business was started by a woman yes it was and you are you and your sister are basically carrying that on we are we work together and we're very different, but I think we complement each other very well. I do production, winemaking, day-to-day, and she's really actually taking over my mom's job as I took over my dad's job. She's dealing with the restaurants and brokers and distribution, and she's also taking care of our mailing list. Uh, we sell most of our wine direct, and so that mailing list is very important. Those are our loyal followers who come to the winery, purchase our wines year in and year out. And so she's, uh, she's got that task of, of maintaining that list and taking care of them. So was it inevitable that you were going to work in the family business? Not at first. I, I've 
grown up here and as the oldest, I have probably the most memories of my grandfather, uh, Amarico. Uh, I live in the house where he lived. And I just remember so many family functions and holidays, a lot of sentimental value to that house and to where I live now. But we also played in the winery. And I, my first job here was with my grandfather on the bottling line. And of course, we all helped out at Harvest. So I have some great memories. And it was that's, that's where I started. I went to college. My dad was very big on, you got to get an education. And went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. I knew I wanted to stay in agriculture. I raised animals through 4-H for many years. I rode horses. And I knew I wanted to stay in ag. I just didn't think I would go into production as far as wine and the wine industry. I was more geared toward marketing. And that was where my degree was. When I got out, I realized my parents were at this crossroads of they have built this business up. It's doing really well, but is anyone going to follow in their footsteps and want to help take it over? Right. And I was actually dating my husband at the time. He was a Fresno State student, and he actually was the one who convinced me that, you know what, after graduation, maybe you should go home and work in the family business versus my thought was I'm going to go work for a bigger winery, a big company first, get some, you know, experience under me that I wasn't going to be able to get at a small family run operation like this. But you didn't do it. Nope. I came back (laughs) home. I gave my dad my resume. He hired me, started from the bottom up and yep, I've been here ever since. So what is it about winemaking that you, that you love so much? I think what's great in, in, in my role here as a winemaker and in our business is we've always been growers first and we have quite a bit of land that's planted. My dad is kind of an icon in this valley as far as knowing the soils and the microclimates and what grows best here from whether it was trial and error or just experience. And for me to be able to go out in the vineyards and see those vines every year and see how they they, they take each growing season differently and watch the fruit ripen and then be able to make that call of like, let's pick it and then follow that all the way through to the very end to where you put it in the bottle and then get to see your, the ultimate is to get to see the consumer really enjoying your product. So I get to follow something from the very beginning to the very end. And it's, it's a huge reward because first and foremost, you're a farmer, it's agriculture, that's where it all starts. And, you know, the end product is, is pure enjoyment. When, and as a winemaker, you love to see people enjoying your product. So just very rewarding. Top moment of your career so far? There might be a couple. I started uh, a Merlot program when I first came back. My dad was not so excited with starting Merlot. We always grew Merlot. We blend a little bit in the Cabernet, but I said, let's take it aside and do something with this separately. I started off with one barrel and it slowly grew. And when I first released it, it got a great 92 point score and sold out. It was only offered here at the winery. And that was. You proved your dad wrong. Yes, yes. (laughs) And, and. Coming from the fact that he didn't want me to do that, so now it's like, well, why don't you make more of it? <laughs> so it's it's an accomplishment. Um, 
The other accomplishment I'd have to say is the consistency of our Zinfandel program and the fact that it sells out each year and it's got such a great reputation and we're still getting a lot of acclaims for it. And that is, that's a big accomplishment. You should be so proud. Yeah. <laughs> when somebody tastes a Raffinelli Zen, what can they expect? What are the, what are those, those characteristics? Those classic, true characteristics. With Zinfandel, we're always looking for that nice, ripe, jammy fruit characteristic. That's what should grab your attention mm -hmm. first. And that's what Zin is known for, is that bright, forward fruit that it offers at such a young age. But really, the intent also is to make sure that it's a really nicely balanced wine. So you've got this good concentrated ripe fruit and you've got this great color, you've got the depth, but you've got to have the balance. And that balance comes from picking the fruit at just the right time and making those decisions along the way of the whole fermentation cycle to keep the, the acidity where you want it so that that wine stays bright, yet it's gonna be drinkable young, but ageable. And that's, that's what I'm striving for, is something that's gonna start off strong and keep evolving in the cellar and keep maturing and you can keep enjoying it. You don't have to drink it right away. Is there any little nuance that kind of sets a Raffinelli Zen apart from the others? I think you're gonna usually pick up some like nice strawberry and blackberry jam characteristics year in and year out, and you're always gonna get a little bit of that spice. Uh, whether it's an allspice or a black pepper, it just depends on the year. And I'd also have to say, I do love my oak program here, and none of the wines sit in stainless steel. Everything is oak-aged. We do everything in French oak. Not that I haven't trialed a lot of other different types of barrels, but French oak just seems to go with what uh, we're looking for in our style of wine. So with most of the cooperages that I'm using, you're always going to pick up this really nice little vanilla characteristic with this nice little toasty oak overtone. And I think that's something year in and year out you're going to pick up in our wines. Over your winemaking career, what's some of the best advice that you've gotten? Or is there, is there advice that stands out that you can share? The best advice I probably have gotten is never let anyone underestimate you and just keep your head down and keep working. As far as being in this industry, when I first started, there wasn't as many female winemakers as there is now. And to follow in my dad's footsteps was very difficult. Uh, I think a lot of people thought, oh, you know, they'd always look and talk to my dad and didn't want to realize that actually I was calling the shots. So that was a challenge, but I just kept working hard and proving that, you know, this is the wine that I'm making. And also going out to the vineyards, whether it's our own vineyards or with the vineyards that we purchase the fruit from and talking with those growers, it's like, I'm the person now. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, making those decisions. And you've been at the helm now since 2000, right? Yes, I started, I came back from, from college and started, 96 was my first vintage underneath my dad, and I think pretty much gave myself head winemaker title in 2000. I was assistant before that, but <laughs> it was hard to convince him, like, dad, I'm 
doing it all and right. doing all the winemaking. <laughs> you're stepping back and you're letting me take the home and making all those decisions. And, and I still always, uh, reference a lot of things and talk to him because ex- you, you can't match his experience. Sure. And you never want to underestimate that as well. But, um, yeah, gave myself that, that title in 2000 ran with it. Well, 20 years. I mean, you've got a lot of great experience and you definitely proven yourself. Are you trying anything new that's on the horizon? Yes. As a, as a winemaker, you always want to do something fun and exciting. Mm -hmm. I, I started doing an estate blend, which started out as my, my husband's birthday wine. And I had explained to everyone, you know, winemakers love to blend. They like to play with things, different varieties, see how they marry and match up. That was a program I started, and that has taken off. The other thing I started, which a lot of people are not aware of, is the sparkling wine that I did. That is, I love champagnes, and I really enjoy drinking them and learning more about them. We had a Chardonnay vineyard. We have pulled it out since, but before we did that, I had to grab some fruit, made a base wine, and it should be getting disgorged and bottled and labeled within the next month, but it won't be released probably for another few months as it continues to age. But that's exciting for me because that's something I didn't know anything about, never had any experience doing, and that is something that would be totally new to our portfolio here. Is it something that you're even though you don't have the Chardonnay vineyard anymore, is it something that you're hoping to continue if you feel good about it? If it turns out good, yes. (laughs) If it doesn't turn out good, it's all going to be in my own personal cellar. No, the the vineyard that we had pulled out is uh, in the process of being replanted, and I'm trying to talk my husband, who is also the the, vineyard uh, manager. manager. It's great to have those close relationships. (laughs) Maybe we can do a few rows of some whites, for future sparkling to keep the program going. Great. And his birthday wine, is that still? That's still going. Very small production. And what is it again? I love Bordeaux varieties. Yes. It's a Bordeaux blend. It's all our estate fruit. So basically we go out and we see what's going to be the best sections of the Merlot blocks and the Cabernet blocks this year. I've planted some Petit Verdot. We're going to be bringing that in for the first time this year. So we're going to be adding that to the blend. But it's exciting. You want to take the best of the best. I don't co-ferment it. It's all actually fermented and barrel-aged separately, these lots. And after a year, we sit down and we taste them and then we start the blending. So the blend can be different from year to year. And that's that's the fun thing. And you can have that freedom Absolutely. as a winemaker. Yeah, for sure. How do you define success? I believe success is really enjoying what you do. It's not work. It's not a job. It's a way of life and it's a passion. And if you found something that you enjoy and you can do well, then I think that's success. So you've reached it. I'm still reaching it. It's never perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those. I'm always looking to improve and get better. I have a, a son and my, my sister has a daughter. And right now what we find truly motivating is actually preserving what we have and the heritage, the tradition here. And hopefully that next, that fifth generation might be interested in taking it on. But I really feel that if we can keep driving this and moving it forward and it's there for them, that's also going to be another step in success for us. 
Have your kids expressed interest in in working? I know they're still pretty young. My son has helped out. He he knows all the cooperages. He's helped out at harvest. He actually does a little bit of um, picking and sorting grapes with us. It's hard. School always seems to start at the wrong time during harvest season, right? <laughs> My niece, she's a little younger. She loves to cook and she loves food. And as we all know, that is a great way to start your palate off. So, you know, we hope that maybe they'll, they'll be excited and, and uh, come back to the, the business. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Well, let's shift on to your personal life yeah. now. You ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, you said you live in Healdsburg. You actually live at the winery right here. And here yeah. in Healdsburg. But you live in one of your former family members' homes. Yes. Correct. When my great-grandparents finally retired. My grandfather, Amarico, he was one of three, decided he wanted to carry on the family business. So he found this property out here in Dry Creek Valley. In the early 50s, it was more uh, prune trees. And he, uh, there were some grapes, but not too many. So he took the workhorse barn, converted it into a winery, had it bonded, and started planting more grapes. So the house that was here, he lived in. And my Dad, my uncle, and my aunt all grew up in the house. And as a young child, I remember a lot of family functions and holidays we all spent in that house. Okay. So now I live in it, and it's it's great because it has a lot of sentimental value. But I'm also probably two, not even 200 feet away from the front <laughs> entrance of the winery. So at harvest time, I am night shift. Oh no. And it does make it nice. I don't have to commute to work. I'm always here, but I love it. And I think when you are really dedicated to something, you want to be there the whole, the whole time, every, every step of the way. But there is no privacy. I'm just going <laughs> to no. throw that in. There is a big fence in front of my house, but Yes, when you live on property, there is no, no privacy, privacy ever, unless you leave, completely <laughs> right. leave the property. This is why you need a vacation. Yes. Which is a topic for another time. Yes. <laughs> Maybe later in this conversation. Yes. I'm sure you've kind of put your own stamp on the house. So what's your decorating style? What What's the color scheme? Tell well, us what it looks like inside. It's It's more ranch style country ranch when we first moved into it it was it's a classic california farmhouse with a wraparound porch but of course when my grandparents had moved into it they put the shag carpet lowered the ceilings took out part of the porch when we decided to move into it we gutted the inside so structurally on the outside it never changed but the inside we moved it from three bedrooms to two bedrooms because we needed closet space and what it has is very simplistic approach to decoration, but that's because we have a beautiful view of the valley. We have a lot of windows in every room. So when you enter the house, it's very light and it's really the view that captivates you other than, you know, the furniture or any kind of decorations or pictures. Color scheme? Color scheme is mostly warm colors, browns, reds. I'm one of those that I'm a clean freak. So. I'm one of your people. <laughs> yes. So I like a house that's going to be easy to clean, not cluttered, very open, and like I said, simplistic. So yeah, there's the the walls are an off-white. 
um, nice, beautiful hardwood floors throughout the whole house and very simplistic lighting. When you kick back and relax, what room do you go to? And what do you like to listen to? Music-wise, I listen to everything. Anything and everything. It's kind of whatever the mood is, whether it's reggae or it's country. I'll listen to top 40, old school country sometimes, a little bit of rock and roll. I, I, I'm definitely, you know, love my music and listen to everything. It's just a mood thing. And the place that I would kick back in, it's always going to be the kitchen. And we have like a nice high bar area. It seems like that's the best place. My husband loves to cook, so he's always cooking. And I'm always bringing up the wine from the cellar, opening that. And I'm always one glass up on him, of course, because he's busy <laughs> cooking and I'm already one glass in. But that's kind of the community place. Everyone hangs out there. And I, I feel like whether I'm even on my iPad, my iPad or my phone or doing anything. I'm always sitting at that area and, and it's kind of in the center of the house. Okay. Other than your wine, what do you like to drink? Other than champagne? <laughs> <laughs> um, I love drinking. I'm, I'm more of a red wine drinker. I do appreciate some nice whites, but I'm going to always be looking at drinking other Zins that I'm not familiar with from other outside areas because I really love the fact that Zin is truly reflective of the site of where it's grown. And it really is kind of a California grape. So here in Dry Creek, I feel like we grow some of the best Zinfandels, but there's so many other areas in California that grow great Zin as well. So when I have the chance, I'm always looking for the opportunity to try new wines. And honestly, they're going to be Zin, Cabs, or Merlots. Why? Because you know, it's that competition thing in me. And it's like, I'm competitively always thinking of like, I want to try these other styles, these other brands and, and see, you know, how they compare or, you know, what, what the difference is. Right. It's kind of just expanding your palate too. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm always open to, to drinking almost anything. Um, I love trying, trying new wines and for here in, in California, you're, we're going to be supporting our own wine. So we don't really see a whole lot of Im, um, imports coming in, but I do love to drink French and Italian wines as well. Old world style. You admittedly said you love champagne. Yes. Do you have a favorite? I have many. <laughs> <laughs> Just share, share two or three. Oh my gosh. I, so my go-to here in, like if we were going out to dinner, Rotor is oh, always a very good sparkling consistent. Wine, right? mm -hmm. Sparkling wine, yes. French base. So that's mm -hmm. always nice. Right. Um, because Samon is one of my mm -hmm. favorites and that is not as readily available. So you have to look a little bit harder for that one. Those would be my top two go-tos. Um, and then we have a great uh, broker here in California that we work with, and they do a lot of imports. So we have the opportunity to actually get a lot of small champagne house brands that I can't even pronounce the names on, but they are just, they're wonderful, wonderful like grower, champagnes. grower champagnes. Yes, yeah. Things you're not going to find on the shelf here, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't, you know, be able to buy very readily. So they've given me the opportunity to expand that palette and try a lot of different brands that are not your typical name brands that you're going to find on a lot of wine lists. Well, we've alluded to the fact that you need a vacation. Yes. Can you tell us about a trip that you have taken that has great meaning or a fabulous memory? 
Well, I've had the opportunity to go to Italy not once but twice, and I think uh, that is one of my favorite places. I always, I always tell everyone if I could retire at some point, I would love to retire in Italy and hunt truffle because I love truffle. Oh yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> exactly, and I love, I love the people, the countryside, and their wines are great. Uh, but yeah, Italy, I've been able to go with my husband, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to actually go with the whole family and celebrate Thanksgiving there. And that was, that was a great time to be in another country and doing a, a, a different tradition Sure. With, with everyone. That was a lot of fun. And we actually stayed in the country. So it's like you actually lived in a big house and cooked and went to farmer's market and had to source your own food. So where did you travel through Italy? I, we pretty much have traveled everywhere. We started in um, Venice and then traveled all the way down past Rome and then back up and stayed in Rome and flew out of Rome. So we kind of flew into Venice and flew out of Rome. So we got to experience most of Italy, not all of it. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite city or? Multiple Chiano oh, is yes, one of my favorites. Yeah. Yes. That like was, that. Who, who can't love those little hill towns? Yes. They're, they're so neat. Uh, they have so much to offer and it's so different. It's not and that's a great wine region. Too. Yes. Yes. We, it, and the food everywhere you walk in, the food's delicious. The house wine is great. I mean, can't go wrong. Yeah. The house yeah. wine is great. Yes. Cheap, very inexpensive. Very, yeah. I mean, it's just, and you know, the food, like you said, is fabulous. I'm sure it's calorie free. Sure. <laughs> it, it always is. It's, it's, but that's what I, I appreciate about when you go to Italy too, it's a lot of fresh ingredients and what they're serving is what's in season. They're not bringing in a lot of outside food. They're very s- self-sustainable, but also the history too. I mean, oh, yes. you know, just learning. I wish I had studied more history in school. <laughs> because when I first went to Italy, I was like, wait, I don't remember this. I got to go get a book and learn. Go, yeah. Go over the history of, of this great country. But um, yeah, I feel like when I was in school, you know, I wasn't as excited about history. Then I think if I was in school now, I would definitely have a, a more, more of appreciation. For yes, I'd, I'd have to agree. History wasn't one of my favorite subjects. It just kind of studied and got through it, didn't <laughs> yeah. really pay attention. And now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, I wish, I wish I had soaked up more history. Absolutely. So on a lighter note, is there something that people might be surprised to learn about you? Something crazy that you did as a child or something out of the ordinary that people just might go, wow, I had no idea. Gosh, I am a pretty boring person. I uh, doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> something that no one knows about. Uh, or very few people do. You know, I've ridden horses my whole life and that is probably my second passion uh, I actually say, say that's my third passion because it would have to be family and wine first and foremost. But I've always had horses and I've always competed. I love to go fast. And so right now I'm barrel racing. And I think a lot of people would not see that I would be a barrel racer and actually go to competitions and rodeos, actually. So I don't do it as much. I do it when I can. This is such a seasonal livelihood that you know I try to get it in when I can obviously my horse's vacations are always at harvest time they get like a two to three month vacation every year but I I love being able to get in 
haul with the horses and go travel to new places. We don't travel too far out of California just because of time, but it's, it's, uh, it's something that takes you completely away from work and it's just something that I'm so connected to and I can enjoy. Well, I'm glad that you make time to do something else. Yes. And <laughs> it can be you, hard to do. That brings you so much joy. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. wonderful. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap things up with five quick questions. Okay. You ready? These yes. are very random, lighthearted questions. <laughs> First question. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a black Rubicon Jeep. Second question. What's your favorite flower? Oh, it's definitely not going to be a rose. (laughs) I would have to say, oh, that's a good question. Do I have a favorite flower? You have a favorite flower. God, I have to have a The reason I say no roses is because we have a ton of roses here and they're a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have to say I love hydrangeas. They're beautiful and they come at my favorite time of the year, which is around the 4th of July. I love them. Love them too. Next question. Who's one of your favorite actors or actresses? Oh, I love Sandra Bullock. I just love, uh, I love all her movies and she can play so many different characters. Oh my God. I think she should come here and you two should hang out. I could see it happening. Yes. I hope she drinks wine. Uh, Oh, (laughs) she's got to drink wine. I'm sure of it. Next question. If you were a crayon, what color would you be? Oh, I'd definitely be red. And what's your favorite holiday? Halloween. Everyone knows Halloween. I usually am got my costume three months in advance, uh, fully decorated one month ahead. I actually have a storage unit full of Halloween decor. So. I want to come hang out with yes. you on Halloween. Yeah. It's a great holiday. <laughs> well, that's a surprising thing yes. about you. Shelly, way too much fun uh, spending time with you today. Thank you very oh, thank much. Thank you for having me. This is fun. I love being asked questions that are fun, lighthearted, and I love being able to share the story of wine. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.